Hey yo, I'm Kim Navarro. And I'm Brett Pimentry. And this is Mega Sequin. The podcast. <laughs> Well, first of all, as I told you before, you have a problem losing your skates. That's our coach, Robbie Kane. Brent, what is he talking about here? Well, okay, so Robbie's talking about when I was a young 13-year-old, and there's a little incident that kind of ended with me not having a pair of skates. Did you, like, lose them on a flight or something? Yeah, I, I, I lost them to my grandmother. She kind of took them away from me oh not on a flight in a fight so what happened was um my partner and i at the time at the end of the our competitive season we were having our meeting and my grandmother was being a little negative and my stepdad kind of chimed in and was like you know if you don't have anything positive to add just be patient and wait until this is all over you know and so she took great offense to that and then kind of walked up and walked out and because she was the one who took me skating and paid for it all she owned the skates and she kept them forever they're in a closet still they're so at 13 you found yourself skateless yeah i was skateless and and also grandmotherless we didn't talk for a couple years yeah and so i had to at that point i had to figure out because my grandmother had always kind of not forced skating on me but definitely was pushing for me to skate and then at that point I had to decide whether or not to skate for myself and I ultimately did except their problem was now that I decided that I wanted to skate I I didn't have any skates so what'd you do so uh Robbie who was my coach at the time kind of had asked another coach who only taught at night if I could borrow his skates so we had ordered a pair of skates, and it takes about nine months or whatever for skates to come in or whatever it takes. And, um, <laughs> That's a long time. It's like, it's like a baby. That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, they were custom cling biles, I believe. And um, so he would use the skates at night and leave them for me in my locker room, and then I would use them in the morning and leave them for him in the coach's locker room. So we were kind of like pass these skates back and forth between us um, until my new skates came in. Hmm. Did you ever think that that might be foreshadowing one of um, your biggest moments in life? In hindsight, yes. But at the time, I had no idea that I was like learning a valuable skill that would come to serve me later. I yeah, I had no idea. Okay, let's get <laughs> let's get back to Robbie. Okay, so you've always had this problem. It's not like it, this is like the first time it happened. Your grandmother took your your skates away from your privileges of having your skates away. And you had to skate for eight weeks every morning with James Curtis's skates, along with Ian was there and Jessica and all those kids, and we had a really good time doing it, but every morning you skated. So you had no skates. So you were used to skating in somebody else's skates. So it's, you know, like I always told you. That skill did come in. Okay, and I always told you that sometimes, you know, in life you never know when something happens to you the reason why you had to go through the thing you had to go through. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, Brent, you said you had to skate in someone else's skates for nine months, but Robbie said eight weeks. No, I was right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was a long time to wait for skates, but 
I guess the point is still true. The fact still stands that you did have to skate in someone else's skates. You're kind of used to or you have some practice in making it work in a foreign pair of skates. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the moral of the story. I think that the details are a little fuzzy at this point. It felt like nine months. I'll defend myself on that. Okay. Well, today, the story at hand is actually the time that you did lose your skates. For real. For real. At our very first, out of only two, world (laughs) World championships. championships. The legit one. And, I mean, I think it's a pretty incredible story, and kudos to you for even getting through that that moment. Um, But as we look back and ask our coaches about it and talk about it amongst ourselves, we find that we kind of have different memories of it, huh? We have completely different memories of it. And it's really funny to kind of compare just how far off we all are in this story. So that's what today's episode is all about is, yeah, there's a great story about me losing my skates and I had to get a new pair of skates and skate in new skates at Worlds. And that's kind of secondary, though, to just how our memories are all different, I guess. So there's a couple players involved here that you got to know about ahead of time. So we just heard from Robbie, who we'll hear from later. And the interesting thing with that is that he's been your coach since you were nine years old forever more than nine months for sure (laughs) okay and then we also have cheryl who's our other coach who's also known me since i was like 10 or 12 and then finally we've got joan the famous josephson she's back on mega sequin to because she she plays an important role in this story okay so now that we all know what's going on here we're gonna start off from the beginning with cheryl I'm Cheryl. I'm here. I'm ready to be interviewed. Welcome. Welcome to Mega Sequin. Thank you so much. <laughs> so talk us through this. Like, So it, from your perspective and what you remember, how did this story all take place? Oh, geez. I remember how excited we were going to your first world championships. And I remember um, arriving in Sweden. And I remember probably hanging out by the luggage waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing was coming of yours i think everybody else got theirs but no skates no no luggage no clothes no costumes no nothing and um and that started the journey for the week (laughs) (laughs) how did the day start the day started the day before if i remember correctly that i told you to carry your skates and your costumes in a separate bag, especially your costumes on the flight. And you were like, you reassured me, don't worry, I got this. It's all under control. You know, you always worry about everything, Robbie, everything gets, you know, like you're, you know, like I can do it, I'm old enough now, you don't have to treat me like, you know, like I'm, you know, 12 years old anymore, you know. So it was, it was pretty funny. Do you remember this at all? Did he say this to you? No, no. And correction, I I was 24. Was this when, like a big coming of age moment where you're it, like, I'm 24 and I'm going to get my ice skates all the way to Gothenburg all by myself, Robbie. I can do it, Robbie. Leave me alone. What's so funny is like, I know I checked my skates on the plane because this was post 9-11. It was still a weird time when I didn't know that you could more often than not take your skates on a plane. And like I lived in New York during 9-11. It was still like I was very conscious of that. But Robbie never said anything to me. Did he say something to you? No, I don't remember him saying anything to me. And I don't even remember it being an option to carry your skates onto the plane. Like, I just thought, 
I remember when I was packing, I remember being particularly proud that I had fit everything into one bag. And so I probably could have carried my costumes on the plane with me, but I had no, I, I didn't even think that I, it was an option to bring my skates. Yeah, I do remember you showed up. You were so proud of yourself. You said, and I quote, I got everything in this one bag. I got everything, my skates and my costumes and everything. Um, Foreshadowing. Yeah, but I still agree with Robbie that you were wrong. (laughs) Whatever you did was wrong. (laughs) Whatever I did was always wrong. And I know Robbie and I were just, this can't be happening. (laughs) And so um, I think we contacted the... the, um, the you know the luggage people they were put a put a um a trail on it they couldn't find it we were several days without it i know you missed a couple practices i remember only missing one practice and i remember because i was like super jet lagged and although i was concerned about your skates for sure i was just really happy to sleep i remember that's what i remember but luckily we had a friend from back home joan josephson who was um coming and she you had a new pair of skates at the rink that you left and we contacted her and she agreed that she was going to bring those skates to you in the event that your old skates never showed up in sweden (laughs) so do you do you remember like what so i remember being at the airport and Usually when you, you, you know, your bag isn't there, they're like, oh, we know where it is. It's on the next plane. Yeah. You'll have it within like 24 hours. But they were... No clue. Yeah, they had no, no idea clue. where this thing was. And so I I remember... We went back to the hotel, right? And we checked in and then we went to like the... We went to pick up like the packet because you go... And should be one of the more exciting parts of going to the World Championships when you're getting like your credentials mm-hmm. and like turning in your music... And, you know, picking up, like, your meal vouchers yeah. for the week and maps and, you know, like, you're just finding out all the all the information for the week. And I remember we did all that, but then we spent, ugh, like, five hours, right, talking to these people. And the, there is a language barrier still in Sweden. Definitely. Not everybody speaks English. But. Yeah. No, it was, it was hard, and nobody seemed to know. And, like you said, they couldn't find the bag anywhere. There was, like, it, like it was never existed. It just never they couldn't find it and so then we had to make other plans and wait basically what i remember from that trip the whole thing is like walking from the hotel to h&m and back and doing all your shopping getting all your clothes because you had nothing well it it was it was two days i think it was Mm -hmm. into the second day where i i think we were just so consumed with trying to figure stuff out i mean i i remember they're just being so much. I mean, yes, the skates for one thing, but finding costumes, <laughs> finding a- anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember we were walking past department stores and you wanted to go in because the mannequin had <laughs> skating pants and ice skates on. Yes. <laughs> I remember doing that and thinking, what are we going to do for costumes? Absolutely. And, and yeah, and, and the – Sorry, you had to buy everything. And I remember we walked to H&M and you were buying like shirts that you could wear, you know, to whatever. At that point, I think we had started looking for something that you could wear for Argentine Tango, which was a dance. And we found like black pants, black shirt, a tie, you know, whatever. But you need to get like underwear, socks, all that stuff. And so you just picked up packages from the store. And I remember we went back and you started like unpacking everything. And you said to us, um, I think I need to go back. 
<laughs> and we're like, not again, because this was probably like our fourth or fifth trip there. And we're like, why? And you held up a pair of the underwear, and it was like size, probably the U.S. equivalent of like size like 3X or something like that. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, tur- it like- turns out buying underwear in Sweden <laughs> yeah. is a little harder <laughs> than good. it seems. If you can't read the packaging, <laughs> so we had to go all the way back, uh, Kim and you and myself had to go all the way back. I'm not sure. I feel like Robbie didn't do the shopping with us. I don't think Robbie did the shopping. No. I think that Robbie like camped out. I remember not wanting to spend any time with you. That I do remember. Like, okay, you guys go off on your own. I remember, number one, Cheryl went into high gear. Okay. So, so Cheryl went into really big high gear, of which I was very happy that she take over that part of the plan because that's not my forte to do stuff like that. Although I could have done it, but, but I was really happy. Cheryl was into it. And um, I didn't even know that there was a department store named H&M. I didn't even, I'd never heard of a department store called H&M in my whole life, but I got to know H&M like perfectly. <laughs> um, and, and I was told like, what do you mean you don't know H&M? Every city has H&M. In it. And I was like, I've never heard of H&M. I don't know what you're talking about. Of which then you, along that gave something for Cheryl to do too. Because um, we had to replace You it. had to replace everything had to be replaced. I remember that everything had to be replaced, including like, like deodorant and toothpaste. It was like our fifth trip to H&M, like day three. And you're like, I think I should get deodorant and toothpaste. Is that okay? I just remember feeling so embarrassed that, you know, just the whole situation. I literally fit everything into that one bag that got lost. And then there was such a panic to find. Skates and costumes. Yeah, the things that you need to have at the World Championships. And I, I felt like it wasn't the time or place within those first, like, 72 hours to be like, I don't have any deodorant or toothpaste. Yeah, but I appreciate what your, your, where your priorities were. First, skates. Second, costumes. Third, personal hygiene. Personal hygiene. <laughs> third, underpants. Fourth, fifth, deodorant, toothpaste. Yeah, there was it was low on the totem pole of needs. Okay, so we're now in Gothenburg. You have no skates, no costume, but you do have toothpaste and deodorant at this point. You're starting. Things are looking up. Things are looking up, and then and then what happens next? Well, I get a pair of skates. John. Joan, you're a very important person in Brent's life for many reasons. Okay, thank you. Right? We know you were his first skating student. Yes. But let's uh, talk about when you saved not only the day, but you saved our very first out of only two World Championships experience. Well, I was home, and I received a phone call. I was just getting ready to leave to go to Worlds. I often go go to Worlds to watch skating. So I, I'm, I'm getting ready to go, and I hear this phone. I get this phone call, and we are maybe on our way. So maybe we, I was with my my husband, but he was driving me to the airport. And it turns out that Brent's skates had been lost in transit. However, he had another pair of skates back in Philadelphia. I live near Philadelphia. And so I, he said, well, we'll meet you at the airport. So as I'm going there to check in to go to, where were we? Gothenburg. Do- Gothenburg. Gothenburg. Okay, Gothenburg. <laughs> oh, yes. Gothenburg. Gothenburg. And uh, I meet and another student of Brent's, actually, with her father. I, 
You know who it was? Lisby. Lisby, right, right. Yeah, and Baxter got the skates. And yes, that's right. And so they, they, we met at the airport, and then I took them with me to Europe. So when I get off, the, you know, I, I forget whether it was a direct flight or whatever, and I get off, and we had a car, and I get to the hotel, and when I get out the hotel, there is your coach, Robbie Kane, like, waiting. Oh, here, okay, give me the skates, quick. So we met, because I think it, there was a practice that was due. And not only that, they were new skates, weren't they? You'd never yeah. worn Brand new. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could rate, like, was could you say that Robbie was a little bit stressed? Like, if you could rate his stress yes. level? He yes. wasn't quite calm, was he? Uh, I'd say he was. I mean, here is his student about to compete in worlds with no ice skates, I'd say. Outside, I was um, like a duck going across the water, running away from, you know, a predator. And... The duck goes across the water, like just as calm as ever. And their little feet are paddling away at 150,000 miles an hour. And that's what I felt like. Okay, so Brent, what kind of animal were you? A turtle, obviously. No, not obviously. Why? (laughs) Well, because turtles are calm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. (laughs) So Robbie's a duck. You're a turtle. And um, Joan is bringing your skates. So now the big deal is um, Burns Tour is, you know, arriving with um, Nancy Meese and Joan and everybody in the bus. So I know where they're going to, I find out the hotel they're staying in. I get up and I meet their bus. I'm waiting outside the hotel and the bus arrives with Joan and all these people that I know on the bus, like all these skating people that I've known for a long time. And I have a, practice to get to and of course everybody you know everybody wants to talk and Joan gets off and she's got the package you know the package has arrived you know I remember calling Joan saving the day yeah and I remember Joan just being like so happy and and but everybody on the bus knew about the skates I'm sure every everybody got off the bus Joan was like one of the last Joan was the first one to get off the bus they let Joan get off the bus because she had to get off the bus because she had the skates. Then I remember Nancy Meese, and I remember, I remember Nancy Meese particularly. And then people just getting off the bus going, the skates have arrived. We're so excited. You know, you, you, you know this has been the biggest, you know, this has been so cool. You know, we're bringing Brent skates. You know, and then we're gonna watch. And then it was it, part of the tour. They sold it as and, part. Yeah, of the tour. right. They, they, yeah. It was, it was part. It was the secret part of the tour. The special, right? They, they decided that that, that this would happen. And um, I remember Nancy Meese going, just going, um, oh my God! You know, how is he gonna skate in new skates? How is he gonna skate in the new skates? And do you remember the first practice session? That we skated with your new skates on. Yeah. Brand- oh, I remember the Brent with the brand new skates on, and you went on, and it was just trying to get used to the skates. I mean, like two, you know, swizzles and like two foot turns, like really slow because we were really afraid that you were like so amped up to get out there because you had missed a practice or two. Yeah. And um, I think at that point, you know, we didn't know if you, you guys were going to have to withdraw or not. And thankfully, Joan came with the skates, like, just in time, and he practiced. But it was, you know, doing, like, little mohawk turns to get used to the, you know, the feeling of the blade and the new skates so that when you did the lifts with Kim, you wouldn't drop her. Even if you had dropped me, I don't think 
I don't think it was going to hurt. <laughs> no, I was I was going A, I was going too slow. And B, I I don't know. I just don't think I would drop you. Uh, <laughs> um, I <laughs> I remember it being so surreal cuz everybody, you know, in ice, in ice dance, everyone has full makeup and costumes for every practice, and here you are in H&M like sweatpants doing swizzles on the ice and like giving thumbs up to Robin Cheryl like you know you thought you're doing really well and I swear I thought, oh my god people must think like is this the Jamaican bobsled team like <laughs> do they not have ice in the United States of America I thought they had ice in the United States of America why is that guy doing swizzles <laughs> oh my god but why were you doing like why why were you doing swizzles besides having new skates well, they were – I was also changing boots. So I had, a, like, a different company made my boots, and I had different blades that were different size. Like, I had just about everything new that could be possible. Like, everything was different. So it's just getting used to everything. Um, but it felt great, hence the thumbs up. <laughs> um, I also remember walking over to the rink, and you asked, um, do new blades come already sharpened? Yeah, I, I I was 24 and I had no idea if blades came sharpened or not. Uh, that should be like there should be a test to go to the world championships, like a written test, you know, to like qualify, and questions like that should be on it because I, I would I would have failed. <laughs> so in this moment, we we're like, Robbie, I'm gonna get my own ice skates all the all the way to Gothenburg by myself because I'm 24. You didn't know I'm responsible. If, you didn't know if. Uh, <laughs> If your blades were sharpened or not. But you learned so many things we all learned this trip. And we've all grown. <laughs> so now you have skates, even though they're different brand, different size blade. Um, and you're wearing H&M attire. We're still needing a costume. Yeah, we're, we're down one African costume. Part of the story then is about the costume being lost. Because now we met with, we met the somehow somebody that was involved in the organizing committee knew somebody that was a seamstress yeah. that was a designer but a really good seamstress i don't remember somebody knowing somebody knowing somebody i just remember like at worlds there was like a wardrobe room and we yeah, just went there there's there's a there's a department for that <laughs> like to help with your costume no anyways and so we met with this person and we came up with, we showed them pictures uh, that we had had, you know, that you had and other stuff like that. So what, what costume in particular was this? What this one, one trying to replace? The one that we were really trying to replace was the African costume. And what, does it, what did it originally look like? It originally looked like a skirt <laughs> with tights. It originally looked like what I thought was the first time I saw it was, who's Peter Pan? That's what I thought the first time. Is this Peter Pan? Like, because it was pretty funny. I remember that first time I saw that costume, and you were at Iceworks, and you walked into the into the restaurant, and it was hilarious. And I can remember, I can remember the one time that I was freaking out. That I remember getting upset. Is is that the the thing with the costume was unnerving to me. That was more unnerving than the skates, actually. So the losing of the skates, for some reason, I didn't get, that wasn't, that didn't bother me as much. 
because I knew you'd be able to do it. I just, I've, I knew you since you were nine years old. I knew what you were able to put up with, you know, the adversity and all the stuff that you could do. And, you know, you're the bulldog. And I knew it. And I knew you'd be like, I'll prove to everybody I can do it kind of attitude. But was unnerving to me were the costumes. That was where I got crazy because it wasn't good enough for me because I actually, even though, I mean, you know, the costume with the, the African skirt and all that kind of stuff, it was, I, I, I ended up loving it, you know, thinking because I was so, I loved the whole, it was way out there and nobody was doing it and all this other kind of stuff. And I loved it. I loved that part of it. And, but, but the, but with, so when the woman started putting this together, it wasn't cooking for me. And I can remember being really stressed out about it and having to meet with this woman. And then, you know, um, and, and, and knowing that like, okay, this is going to take more than one time meeting with this person. This is going to take a lot to do this. And I can remember getting to one point. Do you, and I wonder if you remember this moment. We were in the accreditation area. I, I can remember it. And the woman met us there. She came and met us there. And I was all over her. Do you remember? Do you remember when this happened? No, I can remember. I and remember you said to me, you turned to me and you looked at me and you said, enough. I will take care of this. Drop it. You told me. You did. That's exactly. I don't know if you said drop it, but you, you made it really clear to me, butt out. And I just was like, I looked at you and I was like, okay. And then that, that was it. But that was the, the one thing that I was, I was, that's what freaked me out because I felt like we had packaged everything so perfectly. Costumes and spent all the money, you know, and, and we're like, we got this, you know. You know, they're gonna hit the they're gonna hit the competition and they're gonna be like so professional. They're gonna look like, you know, super professional. They're not it's not like putting stuff together. Like H and M professional. Yeah, exactly. So that was what I was freaking out about. Okay, Bulldog Brent, no longer Turtle Brent. Um, was this the moment? Was this the moment where you had enough? I I did. I was kind of like fed up after it was like three days of just, I would say, a high level of intensity about finding shit and finding things and getting costumes and getting skates and all of it. And um, I think Robbie and Cheryl were, they were fantastic, but they were a little high strung. Yeah, I don't think they remember that. No. I know how important it is for a coach to remain calm in the face of anything for the skater and there's there's countless stories of coaches who you know something has happened and they just keep it under wraps or whatever until their their students done skating and it, it just it because it really affects because at that point the student and the coach have a very special bond where the trust is is so important and if i'm looking stressed out it's really going to affect your performance so i would love to hear <laughs> what you learned from this Oh God! <laughs> um, well, I'll talk. I'll tell you about it, and then because I'm not sure this will make the podcast. Because I'm not sure that this is, but like uh, as a side note, and maybe this will actually sound good and make sense as part of the larger story. But 
it was so funny. I think that I was, I felt really calm during that whole experience. I think partially because I knew how stressed out you and Robbie were. Oh, no. Like, because I remember, like, when we were walking past, like, the department store and there being, like, skates in the in the window. Like, we got to get those skates. <laughs> and so, but like, it wasn't, it didn't stress me out. And right. it, it was, I think, in some weird way, if anybody's going to lose their skates, uh, I should always lose my skates. Because I just, it, I was fine about it. But it was just funny. And I think that what I learned was that a way to make people who are stressed out really calm. That's funny. Because I remember, like, there was a, the woman helping us make the phone calls in the credentialing room. Mm-hmm. And she had, like, an Africanish bracelet on. Yeah, we're like, oh, let's take that. Let's take that. See if she'll let us use that. <laughs> I know. And so we had, like, we had, like, two or three days of literally walking around the city. And, like, we because we had – because there was nothing, yeah. everything was an option. Yes. You're like, oh, there's some skates. There's some pants. There's a bracelet. Yes. There's an African. Take them. <laughs> like, let's just – maybe they can help us, you know. Um. But so then I, I learned that because I deal with people who get really stressed all the time. Right. But if somebody is really stressed, if you overstress, like if you stress more than them, then they end up calming down. So I remember there was like a moment where I was like, yeah, let's get a brick. Let's smash the window. When they're not looking, fuck asking them. We're just going to go and take it. Like, no, no, no. We'll take the girl. I'll take her to the bathroom. I'll chloroformer. We'll take the bracelet. Problem solved. That's funny. Now we got one more piece to a costume. You're like, no, no, no. It's just a costume. It's okay. You could probably just skate in black pants and you'll be fine. Right. No, that's a good point. But that's it turns really out it works, it works all the time. Right. When somebody's like really stressed out, and you're like, exactly. Well, we're gonna do, I'm just going to drive my car through the window and then we're going to take it. And then we're like, back at three well, o'clock in the morning. I mean, we are just talking about ice skating. It's not that big of a deal. But so that was like my big takeaway from right. it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess maybe I wasn't quite as calm and collected as I thought I was. Okay, so Cheryl, if you had to learn, if you learned one thing, so like one takeaway, what's your takeaway from this whole experience? My takeaway is actually for my future students or my students after that point because you are fine, you handle, be prepared for anything for sure. But listening to my students now who complain about doing run-throughs or complain about, you know, doing anything. It's like, no, being stressed out is being at your first world championships with the wrong equipment and making it work and being successful at it. So you have no right to complain until you've been through something that's that stressful in, in competition. So I take it more as like a learning experience for my future skaters at that point. Like, okay, so they're going to hear this story and, gonna find it hard to argue with me when I tell them to get to work or you know oh the ice is bad I can't do anything well too bad I'll put you in new skates and see how you do so do, did I take something away from that and from that day forth I tell I, I repeat myself many 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 times with other skaters and I tell them the story like you didn't listen to me and then it didn't end up so great If you lost your sparkle, you feel mighty great. Tune in to Mega Sequin and bring some glitz to your day. You don't understand. At Philadelphia, they don't let you take skates on the plane. I knew it. I knew you couldn't take skates on the plane. But then I remember getting to Worlds and some skaters, I think flying out of Philly, or maybe they flew out somewhere else, had taken skates on the plane. I don't know. It was all very gray and vague. 
It was a gray area then, I'd say. So my responsibility, my level of responsibility and trust is gray. But, um, yeah, in the end, I mean, you still were wrong. But <laughs> um, you did a really exceptional job. That was um, that was really impress- impressive. I have now come to the conclusion that you could skate with your blades on backwards if you needed to. I can also turn from a turtle into a bulldog. All these things that have come in very handy in our professional skating <laughs> career. Um, in the end, you did get, after we'd already competed compulsory dance, the Argentine tango, you did get your, your skates and your costume, which was great. You used the costume, but not the skates because we didn't have any time to break in like a different pair of skates again. I couldn't unbreak in the skates that I had just broken in. And especially since they were a different brand and different size blade, it was, you seemed comfortable enough. And, and I was having too much fun anyway. Um, so in the end, we did get to compete. You did get your skates. You didn't wear them, but you got your costumes and you did wear them. Um, everyone learned something very different. We skated okay. We got 12th. Yeah. And, and the funniest thing to me is that when we went back a couple of years later <laughs> in our own skates and costumes, we did not do not do as well. <laughs> we actually I think we got we did worse. We got like 15th or something. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> our best worlds was the one where we were the least prepared. So, yep, the one where Brent loses his skates is also our best world championships <laughs> ever. High five. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Mega Sequin. Please tune into our next episode where we will revisit some of and visit some of the very best, favorite, silliest, saddest Ice Theater of New York moments in honor of their 30th anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations, Ice Theater. Can't wait to hear your stories and share them with you. And of course, we have to say thank you to Cheryl and Robbie and Joan. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. We, we wouldn't have been able to compete without you guys. And thanks for uh, making this a great episode and lending your stories. Mega Seguin brings sparkle to your day.